It's not that deep. Everything love, lust and life. Sex. We talk about it so you can get better at it. We can all get better at it and maybe feel a bit happier in the process. It's not that deep. Or is it? Hey and welcome to another episode of Sex It's Not That Deep. I'm here with my husband of 11 years, Andy, and my friend Rebecca. And today's episode is called We're All Insecure. And it's quite a big one for me, I think. Uh, I think as soon as you sort of encompass an insecurity into your sex life, you're immediately killing all the vibes. Absolutely. And there's so many different things that you can be insecure about. You know, there's, there's the body, like confidence, and there's sex confidence and performance and like you can just get in your own head about things i think as well and relationship confidence as well your confidence in the other person yeah absolutely it's literally there's two of you with just this big mash of insecurities and we've all got them but it's not letting them affect your sex lives i think and it does affect a lot of people's sex lives too yeah i think there's so many things where you make compromises to and sacrifices i guess as well yeah i mean there's uh, body po- body confidence is probably the biggest one all round. And I think there's so many people having not great sex because they're so worried about how they look or not be doing certain positions because they're like, well, I don't look great on top or I don't want to be seen or things like that. When actually they're, you're having sex with someone because they want to have sex with you. It's yeah. totally not about how they feel about you. It's how you feel about you and how you're damaging your own pleasure with it yes i can totally relate to that i have really severe back knee like back acne basically um from i have lots of hormonal conditions that mean that i have really major flare-up and it gets cystic it's you know it looks pretty pretty dramatic um some of the time and actually it's been fine for several years now but i'm still in my head that every time somebody takes like if i take my top off or anything I'm like, we're in certain positions where obviously like doggy, for example, where you are, like your back is on full display. I'm just so paranoid about it thinking, oh gosh, they don't want to touch me. They don't want to be here. And I just, I spend that whole time less so definitely now than I used to because it has gotten a lot better. Um, but it's, it's been a huge sort of part of my sex life that I feel like I've had to think about so much and it's been so intense for me. Do you find that's easier in a long-term relationship though? Because they've accepted you for who you are. No. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's about you rather than about them. Yeah. It's it's about how I'm feeling that day. Yeah. It, and we've had like moments where like I've actually burst into tears about it and he's been like what what's going on? And I was like oh you know it's, it's you know my back you're going to notice my back. And he's been like oh I literally like it's nothing it's not as bad as you think like it, it, there's nothing to worry about and there's this brilliant quote from Eat Pray Love which is like my favorite book of all time where she talks about if a man's in a room and he wants to sleep with you he's going to sleep with you you know it doesn't matter what you look like like if if he wants to sleep with you he will sleep with you yeah and i think this is also another one with weight as well you know if someone's going to find you sexy they're going to find you sexy if you're sort of 10 pounds heavier 20 pounds heavier yeah i mean it might be a bit different if you've like doubled your body weight but beyond that people aren't going to notice yeah and they're going to find you sexy regardless of whether there's a little fluctuation or not. Yeah. And I think that's something that people get really hung up on, but actually just have fun. And that's the bit that you're getting in the way of with that hang-up. Yeah. What do you think about that? I think that you, you've talked about it from a female perspective now, and I think it's a, 
very similar things for male. The obvious one is penis size. That at every stage in every man's life, at some point, they've probably thought, "Oh my God, is it big enough?" Um, probably a few blessed few that are probably like, "Oh my God, is it too big?" But probably not too many in that boat. But I've per- my personal experience is that after the first year or two of being sexually active, I've not even thought about that again because I know it works. And then it we've, s- we've started going to the to the gym, and you see all the gym bros, and they will have the same sort of hangups about, well, am I, do I look good enough and things? You, know, you see all the people sort of flexing and stuff, and there's people at the other end of that who haven't gone to the gym. Um, so there's there's obviously the way I look is a thing for both sexes just as much equally, I think. Yeah. I think it's just that it doesn't come out visibly as much for men as it does for women. It, it's all in your head, isn't it? Yeah. Largely. And that's not to be flippant about it and dismissive, but... It is it is something contained in your brain. And, you know, I, I've seen people that I would say, my God, they're in good shape. And they're like, oh, I'm too fat. And I'm like, fucking hell, I wish I um, was as <laughs> fit as you are at the minute. It doesn't matter whether, you, like you say, whether you've got that rippling six pack or very much the opposite. It's the same insecurities just pitched from a slightly different place. Yeah. And it stays the same. Like I've been with people who have, very large penises and they still don't feel like it's big enough and they still question that and they still have performance anxiety um and like you know the same with like six packs and things like that like i've been with people like that who just don't like they it is about how you feel in yourself i think 100 percent. and it's something just i just sort of really funny one it's not funny but it is funny one for me that really bothers me so i'm in the itty bitty titty club right so when you're on your back and i have like my boobs just fall out to the side and they feel like they disappear and I'm just so conscious of it and it really gets in my head and I'm like, wait, I need to move so that they can see I have boobs because then I need to look like a woman. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so I spent most of my adult life, probably about 20 years, wearing push-up bars and trying to make it as important as possible that you know that they're there and and really got hung up about it and wouldn't want to have sex where it was visible. Yeah. Um. And it really got in the way of my sex life. And then uh, recently was lockdown. Had my back tattooed. And you can't wear a bra. And discovered, oh my God, when you have small boobs, you don't need to wear a bra. And it's brilliant. And it's so freeing. And I haven't worn one since. Wow. So I'm I didn't what, know that. Like three years now <laughs> for no bra. It's supposed to be really good Because they don't sag. It's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I, I really love the fact that I don't have to deal with them. They're, they're just there. They do their thing. Um, and I think it's helped our sex life, that freeness that it brings, that yeah. sort of... Um, and also, I'm sort of back in love with them as well. And so now we've, I think we've become more breast-oriented in our sex mm. as a result of me falling in love with them yeah. after 20-odd years of hating them and wanting different ones. So I think it goes to show that once you have that sort of positivity towards something that you you hated or had an issue with, that it really does sort of have a good impact on your sex life. It brings it back in. And and I'm much, much more okay with being naked in public and things as a result of being be- in more in love with my own body. Yeah, well, you mentioned your back tattoo there, and I know from speaking to you that the confidence that that's given you. Well, this is one of the another one of the big things that I did as a sort of effectively a self-treatment. I've always hated my back. I've generally have had spots on it 
and I have um, like back fat, and it's, I've always hated it. So I got a giant tattoo. I mean, I'm not suggesting that everyone goes and does that as some kind of self-healing, but it really was for me, and now it's my favourite part of my body. I mean, it's a huge tattoo. It goes from neck right the way down past my bottom all the way to the tops of my thighs, so it's really big. But now my the entire back of my body, which was something I was ashamed of, is now an artwork. And because it's dot work, it doesn't matter if I get spots, can't see them. Yeah. Um, and so now... That's the thing that I've now celebrate something I hated. So both that and my boobs. And I feel like it's quite a cathartic thing to to find a way to to love those bits and to celebrate them. And flaws and all, they are still there, those flaws, you know. I still have tiny boobs, um and I still have rolls on my back. I never got rid of them. I just they now look pretty. Yeah. And to go back to the point we talked about earlier that yeah, if somebody's there and they wants to, is, is there to have sex with you, then they want to have sex with you. They're not worried about all these little insecurities that you've probably got. But that's a good example because you know, do I want to have sex with you more now you've got your toe? No, I want to have sex with you just as much as I did then. It looks amazing, and I love the look of it, and it, it looks fantastic. But it doesn't, to me, it doesn't make me want to have sex more with you. It's just the big thing is I the confidence the it gives you. And also, I mean, like you're saying about positions. Now, I like those positions um, because I know that it's a good view and I, I've got the confidence in that view. Yeah. Um, and the same thing, like, when we have sex in, in sort of public situations, people comment. I mean, I mean we have mid-sex had people comment, on, oh, my God, look at her tattoo, which is really nice and really a real turn-on for us. Is you saying Just about for you, but now just saying, oh, wow, look at him. He looks amazing. He's <laughs> looking at your toe. But you're saying, previously you were saying that you got turned on by seeing other people get turned on. Uh-huh. And that's a similar sort of thing, is that being appreciated, you know that you're having a positive effect on someone, really yeah. boosts the confidence. And that's an, another thing where, um, sort of clothing-wise, I've made the change to do that, is that I've, we've, I've always had clothes that, you know, you have that thing that's, too good to wear. Yeah. I've started wearing those day to day because I realised it makes you feel good wearing that stuff and you feel sexier and then I think you want to be sexier and it gets you more in the mood for that kind of that kind of feeling when you go out to that special event kind mm. of goes with you and you're much more likely to have sex on those days. And so I f- think that I think it does sort of get me in the mood a bit more. I love that. I feel powerful and sexy. And strong. So I wear those clothes every day now. And who cares about it being a special occasion? I love that. That's such a great approach. So on the note of clothes, previous to getting your tattoo and when you still had those insecurities, did you ever feel like you had to wear clothes during sex to hide your body? I know that's something that I've definitely done. I used to, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Have you? Yeah. I've definitely, you know, you grow into your... I've said in my experiences, you you grow into your body and you become more confident in yourself. So whether that's your penis or that's your belly or your back or your balding head or whatever it might be, you become more confident in it, is my experience. And I can think back to in the past where I'm thinking, oh, can I get away with leaving my T-shirt on? Yeah, I think I probably can in this instance, so I will do. Um, So, yeah, I've definitely done that. I mean, we quite like clothes and sex anyway. Yeah. I find that quite sexy, that sort of kind of taboo thing. But, yeah, there's definitely been times when you're like, no, let's just keep the thing on that covers the belly or yeah. whatever it is. 
Certainly after two kids as well, it's not like my belly's amazing. I mean, it's very much on the downward trend. But the getting getting more confidence in my body in general has sort of led to that being, well, you know what, everyone's got a saggy belly after kids, so it's not being know what, I, much I, I honestly think the majority of men find that sexy. But I it's not a turn-off, I don't think, for most men. Spent probably 18 years with a fairly flat stomach, hating it because it wasn't flat enough, and then now it's not flat, I actually don't miss it uh, because I've realised that, yeah, that's that's just who you are. Accepting who you are is the key to the sexiness rather than yeah. rather than trying to change who you are to fit your ideal. It's, it's a word trait. It's a story here a lot is that, you know... It, if you're confident, you look better. We've talked about that before. Yeah, the there's way. actual stats to prove if, that. If you feel confident yourself, you look better because you'll hold yourself differently and you'll exude that confidence and that then becomes a turn on and becomes an attractive point for other people, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. you even look younger when you're more confident. Um, I, it's interesting because you mentioned about clothes and sex because I know that for me, if I'm tuned in, I enjoy sex way more if I'm completely stark naked. I've got a big sort of affinity with not ever wearing clothes. I would definitely be walking around naked all the time if I could. Um, but then at the same time, there's that battle with my mind, that internal battle that's like... Do you need to switch it off? Yeah. Clothes I'm like, oh, if I can hide that, then I don't have to worry about it, you know, particularly if I had a bad flare-up or something. Oh my God. But again, it's like you said, it's only in, like some days, it's as bad as it's ever been and I'm not... I don't care about it because I'm so confident and you never know you never know with me like you know with my hormone imbalances and stuff like my mood can really vary my confidence can vary and I think it is something that isn't just a congratulations you are body confident now the end it's a constant journey and up and down a roller coaster of keeping reminding yourself that you're doing okay you're doing great you know you are an amazing person regardless of what you look like and it's constantly keeping in tune with yourself about that i think that what you look like and your sex are actually very separate you yeah. don't have to look amazing to have good sex but we've sort of tied them up together yes it's easier to get sex if you are beautiful but actually it's it's not beautiful people have damaged relationships just as much as not beautiful people and it doesn't matter at all as long as the person you're with is happy with you as you are, then everything else is just your head messing with your orgasms, really. I think. Yeah. If you're just sitting there thinking about you, you're not thinking about connecting with that other person. Yeah. Apparently a quarter of men prefer to have sex with the lights off as a result of wanting to look stronger, slimmer and more ripped. What do you think about that, Andy? We're quite, personally, we're quite visual with sex aren't we we very rarely do it in the dark i can't even remember the last time we did um unless we're outdoors at night that's different but um yeah i I get that i've certainly in the past have sort of not certainly not um stopped the concept of oh should we turn the lights off um but again it's confidence for me i've I've become more confident as a golder so it doesn't bother me but yeah probably when when i was younger I certainly wouldn't have discouraged having the light off. Well, then you've the lost a sense, haven't you? Mm. And that sense is important. All your senses are important in sex. And you've lost one and you're fumbling around in the dark with each other. If you're not a, a vocal person in sex, you've lost a lot of the cues. 
or the other person has lost a lot of his cues as to where you are and how you how you're yeah. feeling about it and whether they've hit the right spot or whatever you know it's they've lost a lot of that just by having the lights off yeah and i think there's a lot of people who are having sex in the dark who actually probably would prefer not to but they've just that's what you do now because you've got these hang-ups but and i think if that ruining your own orgasms yeah and i think if that is the case in a relationship that I, I had a previous relationship where um this person just suddenly started turning the lights off during sex and i hadn't i was like i didn't really think about it much and then I raised it with them later on and they were like, oh, I know I'm gaining weight and it's really, I'm really getting conscious about it and I want it to put you off. And I was like, oh my God, I'd never even, I'd never even crossed my mind. And I'm, you know, it, it was really helpful to have that conversation to realize where they were at. Were you thinking it was you? They were turning it yeah. off because of you? Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, you know, they don't want to see me. It's my back. It's my weird sideways boobs. But it was actually their own confidence issues. Yeah. And their own insecurities. How many people do you think are out there who think there's a problem with them because their partner is doing something because they're in their own head? Yeah. I bet there's lots of people. It's the story of my life. <laughs> but how how much sex is ruined because of that? Yeah. And how much better it could be if we were just like, you know what? Fuck it. I, I may I've, wobble a bit, but I, I've I'm going to enjoy myself. I've got caught up in my own head you know, in the last year where just through, I think, stress and other things, my performance as i would term it wasn't where i would like it to be and as soon as i realized that and thought about it it got 10 times worse because i started to think about it and then that it just became worse and worse um and it was only when i sort of stopped and actually properly addressed it and thought about it and sort of played it all through and, and took some practical steps to improve my stress and everything else to, to feel better then it, it's it's fine now there's no problem but yeah, I've got so stats easy. behind that as well about research shows, this is about mainly about penis size and performance, that men who worry about those kind of things are more likely to face erectile problems, premature ejaculation. Um, research shows, for example, only a minority of women are actually concerned about this issue and 85% of females are perfectly happy with the length of their partner's gear. Yeah, I've never, I've never had any concerns about anything like that until you brought them to me mm. and... It's and I, I'm, I'm, I feel fortunate that you know it was a problem, and the problem probably persisted for a couple of months because I'm, I was able to take that step back, get out of my own head, and be like, right, let's just address this practically. Mm. What do I need to? What changes do I need to make to my life and to my lifestyle and the way that I'm thinking in order to address this? And as quickly as the issue occurred, it kind of went away. But I can appreciate how easy it would be for people not to. Not to be able to address that. And also, you know, you know, if they're not fortunate enough to be in a relationship where you can talk about sex as easily as we can. Yeah. Mm. It, I, can I can imagine people end up trapped in that for such a long time. And it becomes a cycle. It becomes a cycle. Your sex life can almost evaporate because you don't, you then don't want to. I didn't want to necessarily have sex. Yeah. I, the desire was there in the back of my head. But then somewhere else in my brain, I was like, I don't know if I want to now because can't do it and then the cycle just repeat repeated itself yeah i think it's like in i'm sure i've talked about this before in with me i often think about how the man that i'm with sexually is during sex i'm like oh he's thinking about his performance he's, he's going to get performance anxiety i must keep up i must make sure that he doesn't ever worry about his performance because i don't want him to 
get anxious. I don't want him to stress about it. Then I'm thinking about it. And then the whole situation just becomes involved in this insecurity that really just isn't necessary at all. It just probably wasn't there. Yeah. Where you started. The thing is, you're saying about, um, about performance things. Whenever we were having sex and you were having any kind of performance issue, you'd stop. And I think I would think it was me mm. rather than it thinking that it was you. you. And I don't feel like there was a blame there. You know, you say, look, I'm sorry, I can't. That wouldn't have been so much of an issue. It's as soon as you don't talk about it. Yeah. It's suddenly, I'm like, oh, what have I done wrong? Well, that was exactly the point. Cause I remember there was the, so the, the breakthrough. Right, well, I thought, shit, I've got, got, to, got to take some steps to deal with this. Um. I sort of stopped, but I didn't communicate to you why I'd stopped. And he was like, what's wrong? And I remember snapping, nothing's wrong. <laughs> yeah, you said, we're just going to make it worse afterwards. Yeah. He said, you're just going to make it worse if you're asking me what's wrong. And I was like, I didn't think that there was something wrong with you. I just thought that there was something wrong that I'd done. Yeah. And but that's, again, it goes it, to show how it, easily that miscommunication can happen. Yeah. And how easily it can completely evaporate any kind of sexual mood as well. If, if you didn't, snap at me right at that moment but i think if you had we would have yeah, yeah it would have dissolved wouldn't it it is interesting like the stats do say it's just a single case of erectile dysfunction that's o- it's often enough to make a man anxious about whether or not he can get an erection the next time he tries to have sex yeah, yeah. just takes that one time yeah. which is it's wild isn't it and then if we look about if we look into performance anxiety itself it's sort of the theory behind that, so there's one study that showed that men desperately want their partners to orgasm because it makes them feel more masculine. So is that what's around performance anxiety or is it how society perceives it or how porn perceives it? Andy, what would you say performance anxiety is really about? Seeing as we've said, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't bother us. We're happy to have sex with like with it not necessarily being around orgasm and erections and it's more the intimacy aspect that matters, I think, for females. Yeah, I th- from conversations I've had with other people and also my experience is that from a male perspective, performance anxiety isn't about, oh, I don't think I can keep going until I come. It's all about, th- the mentally it's all about, I need to I need to be able to provide this service that I feel I should be able to do to keep going and to be hard for it and to give pleasure. And as soon as you start to think, shit, it's going here, or I can't do that. It just manifests and becomes even worse. And that, so, from my experience, and like I say, people I've spoken to, it does centre around that pleasure giving rather than being able to gratify yourself. But then, if you've got a vast proportion of women who aren't orgasming in sex, yeah, then you've already got like a big proportion of men there who could quite easily be sat there thinking, "Shit, what am I doing wrong?" Or you know, "I'm no good at this." When actually, maybe. Not even the woman might know what she needs. And they've not communicated it to each other. And so you've just got this sort of ball of anxiety around something that actually isn't anything at all to do with this performance, but is actually to do with they've just not worked out how to interact sexually on a, on a level that's going to make her come, which could be completely different, could be nothing to do with the sex. It's, the, you know, straightforward man and woman sex that it could be that she requires other kind of types of stimulation and she just doesn't know it oh that's such a good point i struggle to come if i don't uh involve my clip for instance but if i'm with someone if i 
I mean, I'm p- pretty certain actually when I was younger, but I didn't know this, and so I had unsatisfying sex because I didn't know how to get myself going. Yeah. Regardless of whether he did or not. And I couldn't show him what to do because I didn't know what to do at the time. So it wasn't that he wasn't any good at it. I didn't know what what to get him to do. Mm. It's, it is just this whole massive lapse in communication has a ripple effect yeah. for everything. Yeah. I think um, get out of your head is probably the biggest the biggest thing. It's yeah. nice, yeah. yeah. We can look into a little bit insecurities in relationships themselves. I think we mentioned that earlier in how insecure insecurities in relationships can then affect the sex life as well um so tony robbins says that insecurities in relationships can be displayed to look like you're unsure unconfident and anxious you could be living in a state of fear it could be displayed as jealousy attention seeking or arguments it's often caused by a lack of self-love communication within the relationship unmet needs and unbalanced polarities he suggests acting like you're a new couple, creating new stories, rewriting your current story, and to stop overanalyzing so that anxious thoughts don't spiral out of control. What do we think about that? Goes back to that self-love, you know, if it, whether it's about your body or about your relationship or about the other person. That yeah. If you don't have that self-love, then if you don't love yourself, you can't. How do you how do you love one another? Isn't it? That's the one from. That's from RuPaul, isn't it? But he's, at, he's right, isn't he? That if you can't love yourself, you actually can't have a good relationship together. Mm. And you're too too busy in your own head to be able to, to make it work with someone else. Yeah. I think other people can be very helpful in the healing journey. I think there's a lot of people who struggle to love themselves fully, who maybe need other people to help them along. Then the jealousy side of it as well is also, the, and the fear and stuff, that's suddenly imprinting that kind of anxiety onto a relationship. That's none of that sexy, sexy energy, is it? No. It's not, you're not making things better. I think something we did, steps that we took, which actually created a huge amount of anxiety for both of us for slightly different reasons, was the first time we went to a, a swinging club, a sex club. Because it was something we taught that we'd like to try and something we'd like to do for a couple of years before we actually got around to doing it. Yeah. And then when we eventually took that plunge, right, let's do it, we were literally like, right, well, let's not give ourselves an excuse. Let's go this weekend and let's go and we'll do it. And then from your perspective, I know you were a bit worried about, oh, God, I'm going to be naked in front of other people potentially and this and that. I was worried to death about shit. Where do I put my shoes and where does my wallet go? And <laughs> do we get a towel? Uh, you know, all, all these practical Anal things. Andy's logistical concerns. Yeah. Well, but in the way of things. So all, all these things were, were like different anxieties we both had. Obviously, I was uh, nervous too about um, being naked in front of people, but I had like, this it's extra it's layer of complex really things nakedness. around logistics. It's, the, um, it's kind of the, the relationship side of it because we've, we have our relationship and it's, secure and it's long and it's been such a long time since I've been at the beginning of a relationship and you kind of are like that when you meet someone else and add them into it and you've got to chat them up and it's a whole node of social things that I'm just not like I'm not into I don't know about and it suddenly just adds all these sort of anxieties in and it really affected us it took it was really hard to come wasn't it to start off with 
at any of these events. We both yeah. really struggled with that. And that becomes a bit of a performance thing and it, get, it becomes a bit of a, a wobble. But, but then I think, and we'll probably talk about that in a lot more detail another time, but I think overall we had these, these masses of anxieties, but I'd say it, it kind of then just, what was a good sex life? Anyway? It just kind of turbocharged it. From now on. Yeah, and we, we've talked to other couples at, at events like this and talked to them, and they all agree that the best sex you'll ever have is the morning after you've been, when it's just the two of you in your week. And that's been true of us. It's like... Does really added to it. It's almost like, it's yes, you might be there for the night at this place and you might have several orgasms each. But it's almost like you're just building to this crescendo of the next morning when it's just the two of you and it's more intimate again. That it's really, really strong. You're bathed in all this sexy energy and then it sort of has to go somewhere the next morning, basically. Yeah. Mm. And it's but really I th- good. I think as a layer before that, you, you have all this insecurity about it. Even now, you know, we've we've been a lot of times and it's still you still have a nervousness about it. You you have this sort of insecure nervous energy before during and then it all just sort of bubbles away. It's all a big release afterwards, isn't and it? And so I, I think overcoming that insecurity and, and taking that plunge and you know not just being naked, but having sex in front of fucking hell, twenty, thirty other people that could are literally in the same room at the same time. It's a really powerful thing as well. And you from our perspective you forget about the wobbles and the jiggles and the spot on my ass and whatever it might be because you just get into it. And it was bit, for us, it's been a really powerful yeah. lesson to learn. Once you've seen other people get turned on by you, like more than one person at once as well, I think it really hammers that home, the, the sort of self-love, the self, the, you know what? Yeah. Wobbles and all, you're still beautiful and it's not about physical look it's about the whole package it's like drunk sex though definitely for me because i know that i've been wildly out of control when i've had drunk sex there's no i have no limits when this is why i don't drink now quite you know i strictly don't drink um but it's you just completely let go of everything that you were worrying about everything that you were holding is the you know should i put music on should i have a candle on like all these things is yeah. this, you know, is this the right, Always, you know, is it going to be a distraction? What if somebody barks, if a dog barks outside, you know, all these kind of things that you'd think about before. Like when you, well, when I definitely have been drunk and I just completely let go and forget everything, it's, it's just so different. And I guess in some ways, those things that distract you, like alcohol, like kinks, kinks is another one we were talking about in our previous episode, where it distracts you from being in your head. I yeah. think all of those things can take you out of the insecurities. And once you've got through that and out the other side, it brings that real confidence. And drink as well. Drink's one of those ones where you, you have that false confidence almost. But if you can harness that and actually start to believe it as a as a day-to-day confidence, I mean, that's what it's really done for me. I think, weirdly, our sex life and getting through all these insecurities has left me much more confident on a day-to-day basis. I'm much more fully myself, I suppose. I mean, I'm sat here in the middle of the day in a, basically a party dress because it makes me feel good and I feel sexy at the end of the day as a result of having spent the day like that. Yeah. I think that's a really good point now because all of the stresses and the insecurities that you face during the day with work and general life can have a big impact on sex life, but... 
I think it goes the other way as well. I think if you are in a, a good place sexually where you're having good sex and good communication around it, you feel more confident and better. More chilled. When you're then back in the real world. Mm. Yeah. And Definitely. Dress sexy to feel sexy, to be sexy, to mm. feel sexy again. Yeah. Quite a simple, neat thing. Confident sex does feel better. And feels easier to connect with yourself i think this is you know we've been talking about recently learning about what you want and your body's wants and tuning into all oh, this this actually turns me on all that makes me uncomfortable and i think you can't do that if you are constantly worried whereas if you are able to be confident during sex like my best orgasms have been when i've been really really confident and because i know then that my partner can feel that and be like oh, i don't have to worry you know i'm with somebody who's really confident in herself like it doesn't, I'm not necessarily stressed about it. I think, you know, she's not thinking, what am I, is my performance good enough? Because she's emanating this confidence. So I feel I like it's been helpful. Everybody's bouncing off your energy as well. So you, you give good energy, they're going to give it back, and then it's going to snowball. And I think if you will let that happen, just relax and let that happen, you're much more likely to have a, a fulfilling relationship at the end of it. Yeah, I think insecurities in relationships aren't necessarily as easy to sort of remove. I feel like things like therapy and looking into yourself a bit more are more helpful in that sense. Um, But yeah, it's definitely, we've made some really good points today, I think, on insecurity and sex in particular. So thank you so much to everybody who's listened today. And please give us a like a review on any of our pages we've got social media as well and we'd love to see you again and on another episode of sex it's not that deep sex it's not that deep